welcome to CXO, a magical podcast to help you serve better and concoct experiences that are superlative in nature. I'm your host, Supriya Sharma, bringing to you in each episode didactic nuggets so you can get inspired to sprinkle stardust in your company, your home, and the community on the whole. guest for today, Indrajit Singh, who has served as the CEO of Indira Gandhi International Airport, New Delhi, the largest and the busiest airport in India. Presently, he's a consultant with the International Civil Aviation Organization, ICAO, Montreal, Canada, and has held several diplomatic positions in countries worldwide in the development of aviation infrastructure. He was selected to be among the top 12 global impact leaders in 2020. Indrajit is an MBA followed by an advanced management course at Oxford, UK, and aviation management from the University of California, Berkeley, United States. While in Oxford, he specialized in emotional intelligence as an elective subject. He's also a visiting faculty, a resource person to renowned learning institutions, and contributes articles on topical matters related to aviation and behavioral sciences in leading global journals. Welcome to CXO Indership. Thank you. Thank you, Supriya. Thank you very much, Juan, for inviting me. And then a very generous introduction. Thank you. I'm so happy to be uh, with you today. And uh, I've, I've heard about your mission, what all you intend doing. And I think you have picked on a very, very pertinent uh, topic of uh, customer service. I mean, I think across the industries you are going to do it, but I'm glad that you brought, you thought it fit to have civil aviation in your domain of uh, what you wish, wish to do. And uh, yes, you can start your questions and I'm all set. I'll let you know later why I picked on civil aviation as well. So let me start with this, Indrajit. You've held several leadership positions in your vocation and your experience spanning over 20 years. How has this exposure actually shaped your servant leadership skills when you were serving globally in various locations? Very good. I think this is a very apt question in today's context because the servant leadership unlike the conventional leadership that we've been talking all along, is a major shift. A leader was always more concerned about work, work and work all the time. And the focus was on the bottom line. Okay, what he's able to make out of it? What is the return on uh, investments? I mean, ROI was like uh, a main concern. Right. We people who are in leadership positions have realized that we can delegate work. This is what we have been taught in higher institutions. Of course, we have all gone through the mill. We have ourselves been doing. But once you reach a level of leadership, you tend to, you are actually supposed to be delegating work, preparing the second and third line of defense, giving them work, extracting work from them. And the focus should move from looking after the work to looking after the people who are going to work. So there is a group of people 
who are working for you round the clock and your job is to see that work goes on you prepare road maps you have visions give them the visions that you have you have been around the world you have collected the best global practices pass it on to them send those people also i, I won't say that it's only for you to go and do research work and come out with ideas ideas could be gathered from everybody in fact each one of us is loaded with ideas you have to give them avenues to open out so that is where i thought will come a little later is on emotional intelligence when you don't think that since i am at the top i know everything okay because there is nothing like top my concept of leadership is that you are climbing a staircase or a ladder just as you reach the top rung of the ladder there is another ladder for you to go up and when you reach the top most rung of the second ladder there is a third ladder to go on and when i say i i mean me and my team so at some stage i'll have to come down but as long as you are there don't be just be happy that you have reached the summit because once you say this is the summit you have no choice but to get down even when you reach everest you have to come down eventually okay so for me uh, the excellence in leadership never stops you just carry on carry on carry on till such time that you feel that now for me it is to change my gear get into something different maybe or something more uh, important from that particular unit or from that particular activity go into a larger activity and then you have already trained people all along to take charge most of the leaders think that now they have arrived you know mm. so this is going to be permanent <laughs> so whenever when i joined igi airport i knew that uh, many chiefs have come and many chiefs have gone so have presidents and prime ministers they come and go mm. but when they are there they think that they are there for life which is not <laughs> the case this this realization should dawn on everybody in any activity of life that you are there for that moment even sportsmen mm. you know there is, there is a cut off date for everything okay sure. for us leaders in uh, government service maybe it's so many years for a sportsman so many years for somebody in the movies even less or models even much lesser mm-hmm. so uh, we, we we should know as to how much time we have and what we want to do so to come back to your question uh, supriya is uh, how this new shift has helped in productivity prosperity for everybody because then your team because they know that there is somebody who is looking after us and let us look after the work make his life easier so that he can focus more on us rather than on the nitty gritties of uh, of an organization or an airport or whatever so i i think that's a very important shift which has now come in yeah absolutely makes sense you know as an organization as a leader like everyone is a leader in the organization regardless of where they are in the hierarchical yeah. level so wherever you are in the organization it's about the people around you it's about carrying everyone together and absolutely. having that one aligned vision absolutely absolutely and if i was to draw an analogy of mm-hmm. what i mentioned a few seconds back is like even our mindset has changed there was a time i understand where the airport operator would think him to be a landlord 
<laughs> and all others as tenants because he thinks that by virtue of his position as chief of the airport it is his holding hmm. the whole place is i mean that was a concept yeah. which people lived for very long and that changed the attitude totally when i took over as iti airport chief i had just come from montreal after a 3 years assignment not that uh, i acquired this mindset i guess we we already have these things inherent we only cultivate them as i learned in my work and in my education and especially when i did my emotional intelligence i learned that you know there are certain things which are inherent and then there are certain things that you have to cultivate i'll just share what exactly happened when i was when i joined iti airport i was taken out for a round like orientation mm-hmm. of the entire right uh, airport so while we were going around the building um, i had uh, three four immediate general managers you know accompanying me heads of various departments mm-hmm. you know finance and engineering and I, I didn't take the whole crowd of 15 16 gms i just yes. said three of you four of you just come along and explain to me mm. while i was going around i saw one staircase going up and it was written outside uh, chief of or dcp deputy commissioner of police for aviation security mm. okay now i knew in my heart that as as uh, chief of delhi airport i am also the chairman of aviation security committee okay. which is a very powerful committee mm-hmm. and i happen to and he if i was the chairman he was the convener mm-hmm. so i just told my colleague and i said uh, what's upstairs he says it's the dcp's office so i said let's go and say hello to him so he says no sir no you shouldn't be doing this mm-hmm. you know like in the morning you had all the chiefs of different airlines visited you in the afternoon he is coming and then the customs and immigration now I, I, I somehow thought, no, I must go because it's come in my mind. I must do it. So I went up, and uh, honestly, I'm telling you, he was a brilliant officer. I had I, because I had to know all a little background of all who are going to come to meet me, yeah. you know, one after another. And he was handpicked by, I'm told, in high places to because you know I'll uh, I, I must mention that as you said it's the busiest and the 16th busiest in the world. It is also the only hypersensitive airport. We have different categories of sensitivity from okay. threat assessment. From threat assessment, there are sensitive, hypersensitive, ordinary airports. From threat assessment, no airport is ordinary. They are all important yeah. to us. Yeah. but from threat assessment this was hypersensitive and i knew that there would be a major role of everybody into it especially the one who is going to be my convener so when i walked inside his room he was so happy like a typical policeman he you know gave me that salute and all that mm-hmm. we shook hands and i didn't take his time i said anyway we are meeting today at 3 o'clock so i love to receive you that made all the difference he became mm-hmm. a very dear colleague of mine we worked together on aviation security tightened it and a day came when i was assigned three iqo assignments mm-hmm. because of my excellence in security which honestly i must confess i didn't know anything about security really hardcore security mm-hmm. he didn't know anything about airport functioning so we made a good uh, two sum 
who understood aviation and security and airports and we did a good job and uh, eventually uh, i landed up in ethiopia and all other countries where uh, uh, aviation security is of prime concern and this i learned from somebody when i was in mauritius you see how these things go and change your mindset mm-hmm. i was uh, an iqo aviation advisor to the honorable prime minister of mauritius who happened to be the minister for external communications they don't call it civil aviation they call it external communication one day he had to, he had called me at 2 o'clock for some briefing and all that and i was while gathering my papers and trying to prepare to meet the honorable prime minister at 2 o'clock at 10 to 2 he comes knocks and comes into my room now it's not a big deal if you really look at it a prime minister going to an advisor's room but it generally doesn't happen in mm-hmm. other countries like right. in india i would probably never expect the prime minister even if i was sitting in uh, north block with him yeah. <laughs> he will not come because you, know, you have a battery of assistants yeah there's this all power that. difference concept here yeah the protocol okay he will just tell him that please inform in the chief not to come at 2 come at 3 so right. it was and he knocked he didn't just walk in he knocked and then I, he was he's united so i so i said sir anirudh uh, you could have called me he says no no i have an emergency cabinet meeting so i'm rushing for that but instead of two we'll meet at three. Mm-hmm. so that was probably in the back of my mind so i didn't feel small or indifferent entering into a dcp's room eventually he became the commissioner of delhi i mean he oh, was a brilliant okay. officer mm-hmm. after a few years about about 3 years back only he, he left to join something more important okay and, and the beauty he, of such co-creation the example that you gave of the security officer and yourself as the airport officer uh, the beauty of such co-creation is it eventually leads to wonderful experiences for our customers the, the actual see, reason that we are into business yes 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 once the customer relates with you after all police is like our customers at hmm. the airport they are there to serve us and the passengers and the security in a hypersensitive airport so i mean if that ice is broken right on the very first or second or third day hmm. then there will be no hesitancy for him to come to me open out his heart otherwise you know through proper channel and through files like a typical bureaucratic way <laughs> yeah Uh, the bomb will blast and then i'll come to know that there was something at that side you know Absolutely. this is a good thing that happens you know we go through protocols and all and the event takes place even before you decide what to do about it sure i, I think that's what, that was my uh, and and thanks uh, uh, why i could do all that because the experience i gathered around the world mm-hmm. by going places while working sure. with people people at very high level people at lower level everybody and uh, you know humility does help sure it does if, hmm. if you are humble and and it trickles down the line because the word spread all over hmm. and also there was a little uh, take away that people the staff and all you know how volatile they can be at yeah. a major airport where there about 14000 people working for you mm-hmm. they get a signal that sahab is very close to the dcp so we better <laughs> very careful i mean it's a very yeah. subtle signal yeah. that they are not at loggerheads generally even right. when i was appointed i was told by the secretary civil aviation mm-hmm. that you have to go there 
and because I had just yeah. come back from Montreal in a diplomatic position, we are trained to handle things in a different way. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, I want you to go to airport. So I said, but I'm honestly, I said, I have no exposure to a field job. Mm-hmm. So he, Supriya told me something which I would like all these people who will probably yeah. listen to our thing. He gave me one line answer. Okay. He said, in the chief, airport of that size is a big machine. It moves on its own momentum. You don't have to actually push. Imagine a railway, uh, you know, rail uh, engine. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't have to push it. It's got so much of momentum that even after you apply brakes, it takes about four kilometers to stop. It is, it's got its own weight, momentum, speed and everything. Right. So he says, it all works. All that you have to do is keep the machinery well oiled. And he gave me an example that, you know, unfortunately, your predecessor had a lot of problems with immigration, with health, this, that, every agency. So you just ensure that everything moves smoothly. You don't really have to work too much. That is what delegation. Mm-hmm. And instantly I said, sure, uh, when should I go? He said, yesterday. I said, no, not yesterday, but maybe in a day or two. Mm-hmm. Then he said, no, I'll give you 10 days. Go around and see some of the top-notch airports because we are the 16th busiest. See some three or four busy airports. So you'll know the nitty-gritties of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed my tenure. I, I, of course, I lived uh, ten, 10 years in those three years. Uh, because you know, it's, it's a very good job. Yeah. You know, you're always on alert, any untoward situation can come. You know, a capital airport mm-hmm. where all the heads of the states, heads of the governments land up. So you have to provide, ensure security is tight, everything is okay. And the media around, you know, how hypersensitive the media is. <laughs> you know, even if one uh, uh, blade of grass takes fire, they'll say, oh, fire yeah. at IGI airport. <laughs> and, uh, Airport chief not available to comment. You know that then it all starts like that. They build up yes. the theory like that. <laughs> Even if you go and give a statement, uh, the, the story starts like that. Major air uh, fire at airport from reliable sources. None of them is there to see, <laughs> but from reliable sources we know major airport and uh, chief not available to comment. A chief yeah. is sitting there. Ask him and he'll comment. But mm-hmm. no. That's the fun of it. Yeah. yeah, so thanks for that quick insight into building a culture of service at the Delhi International Airport. As the yes. head of the airport, how do you actually rate the significance of customer experience? Absolutely. Another good question, Supriya. Uh, I personally feel that we have two customers. One is passengers and one is airlines. We are there to serve them. Airlines are quite while as airport uh, the passengers are vocal Hmm. so we have to focus more on passengers because if a frenchman was to tell you he'll say that's our reason of the ether which means the very reason of our survival or our reason of being there is to serve and whom are we serving the passengers Okay, there is immigration, there is customs, there is security, there is all these agencies, uh, uh, restaurants, duty-free shops, all those things are there. But we are not serving them, they are serving the passengers. So our ultimate stakeholder, with all other stakeholders which I mentioned to you, 
yeah. there are some team number there are 35 or 40 stakeholders which see that the machine goes on well right. and somebody sitting on top is just oiling the machinery that's all <laughs> that is his job and that i thought i could possibly do it very well i i uh, never had this feeling that i'm the head of it i knew it's a matter of time tomorrow some new head will come hmm. number 2 i don't want to stick here I want to learn as much as I can in the shortest span of time and move on. This has been my philosophy. And while I was the chief here, uh, I, I was picked up and picked by His Highness Sheikh Ahmed, uh, the the ruler of uh, Dubai. He was ha- he happens to be the head of Emirates. He's head of everything there. Mm-hmm. So he met me in a conference and instantly offered that why don't you join dubai aerospace enterprise it's going to be a 16 billion us dollar enterprise and uh, we would make you the head of the aviation vertical they had air aviation they had aircraft manufacturing okay. and they had airlines you know because he was the head of emirates and uh, etihad i mean all everything comes under him right. actually and <laughs> very very down to earth superb intelligent man from harvard and all that stuff so yeah. um, i told him i told him that i love to your highness to join you but you know the day i asked my government to relieve me i'll suddenly become very important indispensable you know mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened when i put in my papers to leave after 3 years i was told no 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 we want you here for life i said no i don't want to be here for life I want to, and maybe I'll come back one day. And then there was no looking back. You know, one thing led to another, and mm-hmm. it just went on and on. So to come back to your uh, very nice question, customer is at the core of the leadership. Customer service is prime to us, and our existence at the airport, mm-hmm. not only the leaders but everyone down the line, is because there are customers. last year there were no customers we didn't know what to do. so you know this is a glaring example that you have an airport you have aircraft you don't have customers you don't have passengers so i think uh, with all those bad things that have happened we have learned a lot of us have learned a lot of lessons that uh, it's not your property and it's not your uh, buildings that make an airport it's the passengers that make the airport so you care for them that that's the underlying message that please look after your customers customer service is prime if your customers are happy you are happy everybody is happy so sure. it's a win win situation yeah yeah exactly so, win win situation uh, that's the phrase yes 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 so indrajit you've been selected as the as one of the 12 global impact leaders in 2020 and i from what i know and what i've read you were probably the only one from the service industry so how do you react to this distinguished honor and how do you think this can be transformational uh, in your role as an influencer in the service industry yes thank you thank you uh, supriya for congratulating me and uh, uh, you know these things come with a lot of joy we accepted with a lot of grace and i was thrilled when i was told on telephone followed by this that you are one of the 12 among the leaders around the world uh i first checked was it first of april it was not so it was in november so it was surely not a joke it was a sincere kind of an inf- information you know these things though they bring a lot of pride self pride and everything and humility for sure mm-hmm. uh makes you more humble but also is a responsibility 
you know, suddenly you become one of the chosen 12 and you feel that I have to be different. You know, when we go and meet people and they say, why you want to join our company? You say, oh, I want to bring in a difference. That's a yeah. typical phrase everybody uses. But I think by your action, by your deeds, you can bring in the change. If only you have an open mind, I think that's very, very important. And the, the, the desire to learn, you want to upgrade yourself. And to upgrade yourself, you have to delegate. Again, coming back to what leadership duties are. Yeah. If you are always loaded with looking after each and every detail of everything, first you are annoying your people who are qualified and placed there to look after. Okay? Because you know they nobody likes interference too much. You know? so I, I, I stuck to a weekly fortnightly meeting yeah. where you tell them exactly what you have in mind. Because in our work you have you can't plan for one year. You know, you always have course corrections. Even from here to Bombay, when you fly for two hours, many a times you get a cloud charged with uh, electricity and all. Then you change the route a little bit and then follow the course. I mean, changing course is nothing like deviating from your agenda. Mm-hmm. Agenda still remains the same. Your roadmap remains the same. Right. But you keep fine-tuning as you go along from learning, from speaking to people like yourselves who have a lot of ideas and one more thing which I did was that I said keep a register where everybody can put his ideas and the best idea of the week would get an award, a cash Mm. award. So you know even from right from the lowest rung to the top rung people would write and I said in case you want to make it anonymous even that is okay. If you think that uh, your leader is not doing well say so. But you have to substantiate by saying he is not doing well in this direction because he won't be doing everything wrong, otherwise he won't be there. So yes, we all have our shortcomings and I did get certain good feedbacks from my uh, very, very volatile uh, fire people. You know, the mm-hmm. fire people are the most yes. spoiled kind of people, very important, but they are the most pompous and pampered people because we need them all the time. Yeah. So uh, they wanted some help, you know, the welfare measures and all. We said, why not? I mean, let's have a volleyball ground for them, a little, you know, games for them, a couple of TVs for them and good canteens and all that. So because fires, with God's grace, they don't take place every day, but we have to be prepared every moment for it. Right. So that's a large group of people who are idle actually most of the time so that is where everything grows so i had to keep them in good humor and in good spirits for the betterment of the entire organization so this is the kind of handling we had to do at different sectors of the airport and it reinforces the message that leadership is a service it's not just a position And as leaders, we have this responsibility, the foremost responsibility of being a role model because people who follow us, people who look around, people who work with us, they will tend to behave the way we are behaving. Look on the top. I haven't seen a bottle with a bottleneck now. (laughs) Yes. So so they look upon you. See, if, if if you are a role model for them, I mean, that's most important because I have witnessed that, that if, first of all, they should have faith in Hmm. then they should know that you are capable to be there okay and that is tested I mean we had a major uh, we averted a major crash at IGI airport a 747 
loaded with the fuel coming from uh, New York to Delhi. Okay. Uh, almost when it was about to land, the air traffic control saw a little smoke coming out of it. Now, sometimes, you know, the universe plays to your favor. God knows how. I happened to be just below the run, uh, beginning of runway. Hmm. There was a road and my chauffeur, my driver, who was a Air Force corporal, uh, you know, very daring chap. Yeah. He was under, I looked up instantly because, you know, we have this radio telephony RT. Yeah. So okay. whatever is the communication between different, so air traffic control were uh, telling the chief of air, air services mm -hmm. that smoke detected. I looked up and I saw a spark also behind the engine, which probably they missed it naturally because there were no cameras behind the tail to see what was happening behind the engine. Okay. I looked up and I immediately intervened on my RT. You know, you hold it in your hand and yes. I gave a command. Whatever came to my mind within three seconds, because you know, it is an unwritten rule that if you cannot go and douse the fire within one and a half minutes after landing, mm -hmm. then you may not even go there because there would be nothing left to save. Aircraft will be burnt, not only one aircraft, but several aircraft which are in the vicinity. Because you know, when there's an explosion of a large 747, it will take away maybe half the airport uh, yeah. along with it. Something came to my mind. I weighed two or three options, you know, uh, there are ways of combating fire. I I gave one command, and the Air Force uh, Air Safety Chief instantly said "Wilco," which means in our language is "will comply with." So there was no debate, there was no interaction, no discussion, no arguments, nothing, because we all know there's no time for it. Only later on we'll know whether we were good, bad, or ugly, you know, whether the command was good or not. But maybe they had some faith in me that he probably is speaking from his experience, knowledge. I don't think he was analyzing all that. So, but he took my command because he thought it is worth the while. The aircraft rolled for about one and a half minute, uh, one minute exactly. And there was all these fire people came from all around, saved all 270 passengers were evacuated through emergency chutes, you know, those sliding chutes. Right, yeah. Everybody was, uh, you know, out of turn, rewarded with promotions, foreign studies mm -hmm. and scholarships and all that. <laughs> the minister himself came to give all that stuff. So it was, it was very good an experience to see colleagues rejoicing that we were all successful. Uh, what more, what more could uh, possibly be uh, asked for. So uh, you exactly said that the person at the hands of the affair should be able to bring down the line by what you said, looking after their interests so that when a situation like this comes, they even give their life, they are willing to give their life because my car was being driven under the wing of a aircraft which was burning, which was on fire because of my daring uh, corporal. And at that moment, I never thought that it is dangerous. It was not dangerous. It was to save people and the property and everything and the name of the institution where you are working. Wonderful, and wonderful. Thanks for sharing yeah, that example. And, and the whole idea here is to have that aligned vision. I mean, everybody in the organization, like you just gave an example of your colleague who was driving you through. 
and then you were both aligned on what the ultimate goal was and what the vision of the organization was so things became so simple in the moment you knew what was to be done and eventually you succeeded and he knew more than me because you know he he didn't ask me sir shall i take the car under the burning wing what about you he didn't ask me he, he crashed into the wooden gate you know at the end of the runway hmm. so there is a big wall all around the periphery of an airport yeah. but at there we have a it's called the crash gate it's hmm. out of wood so okay. when you know in such emergencies you can break through of course there are guards to look after that unnecessary people don't just driving so uh, he crashed through the gate went under the runway he didn't even ask me and i was i was not even bothered I mean, at that moment i didn't realize what is happening it was in the hindsight later hmm. when some people asked me oh everybody's got an award what did you get i said look i was rated number 1 officer amongst all the psus in the country i got some kind of a presidential award the governor sahab had a big meeting and all that gave me an award people recognized my worth and more than anything else supriya i got the confidence and respect from my colleagues which is very important and then somebody as ordinary like me becomes an extraordinary suddenly you know <laughs> this is this is this is what the fun is supriya tomorrow you are supriya but you do something somewhere and suddenly you become a woman of substance everybody says oh supriya supriya she is a woman of substance now a supriya who was just a woman suddenly turns into a woman of substance by her speech by her work by her deeds whatever or you write something and mm-hmm. people suddenly recognize you so you know uh, when you mention about being an influencer you have to work to become an influencer mm-hmm. because you know there are these accreditation societies accreditation groups which really go into the nitty gritties of what your achievements are and then they think then and they recognize why you because you said service industry now uh, our uh, aviation industry is no ordinary industry i must tell you and all the viewers who will probably watch us one day talking to one another that united nations where i work i mean iqo is under the umbrella of united nations we okay. have several agencies mm-hmm. so international civil aviation organization is a agency a specialized agency in the united nations system of organizations you know like you have who you have wto you have undp you know all these agencies mm-hmm. come under the big larger umbrella of united nations now united nations in 2015 drew a plan uh, uh, for the year 2030 2015 everything was okay i mean nobody expected this pandemic to arrive and all that i mean we had sars and ebolas and all going on all the time i mean it's nothing new this virus is a little larger manifest of what we had experienced earlier yeah. but this is a drastic we'll come to it later so uh, they have made 17 strategic development goals they called sdgs there are 17 sdgs you name anything and it's covered under it because united nations is the world government right okay? so it has to be global so approach was global and they picked on each and every aspect of human endeavor and listed amalgamated them into the 17 sdgs now it is official 
it is recorded that of the 17 sdgs 15 depend on the role of aviation so you know your choice of picking on this industry is in the, i mean it is in your subconscious mind that you knew that this is an important agency i this don't discount any other agency tourism sure. is very important hmm. hospitality is very important trade is important commerce is important oil is important everything is important hmm. all industries are important but none of the industries seven out of the 17 uh-huh. they depend on 15 they say if, you know 15 agencies will benefit from the role of aviation globally the connectivity or what a very simple example in today's context which is important to tell you we have developed this vaccine hmm. okay now what will you do with the vaccine if you have no connectivity to spread it around the world and who will do it you can't send you can't ship it you can't send it by train to united states you can't send or vice versa you need and we have done a study that you need it 8747 loads equivalent to see ensure that the vaccine goes all around the world so you know again just yeah. to prove my point how important aviation is so and aviation and who runs the aviation people passengers so again it boils down to the same subject that we are discussing today service service by the people who are running the show service of the people because of whom we are running the show so ultimately it comes down to customer because of customer we are there and these people 40000 or 15000 at igi airport whom you know we used to work with are all there to come and serve these people but if you don't do it wholeheartedly what is the point of coming and serving I used to see some very lethargic uh, managers hmm. then I used to take them in my office or take them away away from people and tell them that I'm sure somebody in your household is ill today there is somebody who is deprived of something you have probably sacrificed everything you have worn your uniform and come and sat here give your best don't just come to pass time you know you are you are in a service and a very important service everybody is looking at you you know customers come very much harassed as it is uh, supriya you know when you go and travel yeah you are always tense i am not talking mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. i am talking of by and large you know you when you pack up your uh, stuff from your hotel and you are heading to the airport i think three times at least i pull out my <laughs> bag small bag and see oh did i carry my uh, ticket is my passport intact because you feel oh maybe i left it there yeah this is oh, what happens mm. yes it's it's each one of us has experienced when you land up in let's say uk or new york or somewhere you look at my bag coming you feel your bag is not going to come and everybody <laughs> thinks that that is that's human huh. you always feel that he's got it but mine is not coming and when you get it then other person thinks that you know you and i got it but he is not going to get it and then he starts imagining that where will i go and how will i buy things and this and that to just survive till the bag comes the next day so you are already tense there so our intention should be at leadership position and down the line to make you feel comfortable to make you feel relaxed that here we are to serve you you get your done 
immigration customs and all it's my duty to make sure that i take you up to the gate position right how i coordinate with airlines how mm-hmm. i dis- you know please tell them to hold on i can yeah. i can see your passenger is on the way mm-hmm. he is on the wheelchair or whatever the reason may be mm-hmm. because that tension is what kills people so we have to remove that and especially in these days you know where everybody is tense there is this i say it's a fear of fear you know everybody is so scared and tense so if by our positions or our knowledge or our courtesies we can make them comfortable we have we have won the war yeah so now i'm sure all our listeners know that when we are talking of experience in the aviation industry as a customer we are not just talking about the wonderful food and wine that we enjoy when we travel in business class or the first class but we are actually talking about what makes a difference the 15 of the 17 sustainable yes. development goals of the united nations i mean that concerns yes. the entire world absolutely i think that's why i wanted to bring home this point that it 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 affects a very large population of the world where everything in the world is encompassed in 17 sdgs mm-hmm. 15 is where we can pitch in and help so is what more do you want that Makes i mean sense. i think right. you are bestowed with very good luck almighty you are the chosen few people who have been assigned this job mm-hmm. that, okay serve people serve with dignity hold them in very high esteem Yeah. look after them this carpets and chandeliers and all peripheral <laughs> okay mm-hmm. when 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 it hurts you or when you are in pain mm-hmm. even a seven star uh, hospital cannot give you as much comfort as a very good nurse right compassion somebody who has empathy who is compassionate mm-hmm. you look for that doctor yeah you look for that doctor who comes and soothes your nerves not somebody who is uh, you know giving you Uh, air conditioning space and chandeliers and this and that who cares yes if they are there you feel good okay your pain mm-hmm. you know you load then you divert your attentions to mm-hmm. the televisions but your basic thing is that the staff who is working there how keen they are to make you fit and let you go out as soon as possible exactly. because i always felt yes at airport supriya is not a place where you go to stay mm-hmm. okay you go to stay at a hotel you go to stay in a hospital you go to stay in a cinema hall even for 4 hours but airport is one place you you come to go away i mean it's a very strange place where you basically come to go away you are not coming there to stay two hours three hours because of our security compulsions and there also we have made your life simple i mean there is this temptation of going to a duty free shop there is restaurants there yeah. are theaters there are museums mm-hmm. so you know it keeps you preoccupied with that tension that you are carrying on with so that, that, that's whole, that's the whole aim customer service is paramount i would say in two words that you 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 may be the best uh, educated man but if you don't have the compassion and empathy for people i don't think you should join aviation mm-hmm. or any service we are talking of service industry because mm. you started with that uh, um, uh, you know one chosen one from the in the security uh, sorry in the uh, service industry service industry yeah yeah compassion and empathy you actually boiled down the entire discussion to these two words compassion and empathy and now very quickly uh, out of my curiosity um, of two things one was i read your article 
called the being boundless sans barriers you know in one of the renowned journals so i recently read that and it has got a real emotional content and i assume that it is coming from your ei expertise when you were at oxford so quickly take us through before we conclude yes yes no i won't call it expertise i mean there are people who have done doctorates <laughs> in emotional intelligence but then again my my quest for learning trying to and at that time uh, supriya i was heading a major major airport outside india in uh, in, uh, in in ethiopia actually bole international airport a very mm-hmm. big airport yes and i was the spokesperson where i had to meet the media interact with them meet different cultures you know when you are working at an hub airport and there is nothing to me there is nothing like indian aviation french aviation american aviation because it's so it's intercontinental i mean you look around you will find all shapes and sizes all colors people sitting there okay hmm. i mean it's not like for indians or for yeah. chinese or for english or for french or for british and all no it's for citizens so it of the world a, yes it's it's a, it's a conglomeration of world population at an airport so there also i was at a major hub airport you know hub airport is the center yeah. and then you swing out to different airports so uh, i knew the need for it so when i was asked to pick on an elective subject of course i had gone for advanced management in oxford so the course was on advanced management and uh, but emotional intelligence was something which always attracted me i have been Uh, at a personal level i've been very spiritual right from the very beginning you know mm. i've been reading richard bach and uh, you know like books which yeah richard bach yes mm. yes you like him yeah yeah <laughs> uh, illusions and uh, so many books and mm-hmm. uh, uh, when dyer for instance his book on emotional intelligence i read and i knew all those big big names and i said Uh, we had enough of peter drucker and all that i mean we've been doing that all along in business management and then in advanced courses in oxford and all so i opted for that and uh, it helped me a lot i mean it cleared all those cobwebs which uh, i had in the beginning because you see a lot of people if you are trying to be a little soft they say oh you are being emotional mm-hmm. there is where i understood what emotional intelligence is emotional is different emotional intelligence is different it's like three stages of wisdom you know you learn something yeah. start with from your books from your college and all then you analyze it so it's like an experience then how you use that is your wisdom sure so emotional intelligence takes you to that level where you have the knowledge you have the experience how to use it is your mm-hmm. wisdom so how to handle people how to handle conflict situations it's a very tough job and how to handle crisis situations how not to get panic because whatever will be will be i mean i, I don't leave everything to destiny i i think we have a major role to play to mold sometimes the situations yeah. destiny maybe not but situations are under control sure there are problems there are solutions already there True. okay like rumi i am sure with your kind of background you know rumi and his quotations he said once that wherever there is a problem solution is already there it's for the human to look for the solution so okay. our endeavor should be to analyze and see where i can find solution so we should be more 
there are some people who look for problems in solutions we should be looking solutions from problems, problems. you know we have to reverse the whole thing otherwise many a times they say no that's not possible even if you finish your line that i wish that we could do this and even before you have finished it no 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 sir not possible not possible hmm. you know how people are they will not yeah. do it i say collect them we will tell them the advantages which this will bring to them and then to the leadership because they are all leaders in their own way i mean uh, even a fire chief is a leader of his group hmm. uh, aviation as um, ramp man is leader of his group then finally because you have to have somebody who becomes like a nodal person whom uh, ministers and prime ministers mm-hmm. can pull so you are that sacrificing goat right on top sitting there and looking around and making sure that everything goes well that's all the role of leadership today is what you mentioned let people work you look after them mm-hmm. then your people will look after your prime person at the airport which is the passenger i think i i think uh, i shared one article with you uh, not a mere packs uh, yeah i don't know if you had the time to yeah, have a look sure. at it but the the, the main uh, contention and i wrote it about 10 or 12 years back i mean imagine even at that time i had a strong conviction that service is what here we are for service of whom to airlines airports hmm. airlines are silent spectators they make noise but a different engine noise yeah, yeah. passengers are the real <laughs> people and i won't say noise hmm. they 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 pay they demand service and today's passenger is very aware hmm right it's, it's not like you can just hoodwink and say all oh, this is the best no they'll say 7 hours back or 3 hours back in singapore it was different hmm. why can't you have that here Absolutely. So you know, because we are traveling, yeah, your passengers are traveling all the time. They so it's not just a mere fax, just like you said. It's, it's not, not a mere fax. I think that was the title of my mag, my article. Not a mere fax. Don't just call them fax. You know, they are very privileged people. Sure. Look after them, serve them well, so that they come again. You know, all these movies which become hit is when there is a repeat value. You know, mm-hmm. you go and see it once, then you go and see it twice and thrice. then they say it is becomes a big uh, blo- uh, what is it called buster no? they call it blockbuster uh, yes blockbuster blockbuster value value is the right word value. that you actually picked on value. we are here value to serve is, we are here yes. to create value for the people we are serving and there are so many so many movies which i think i've seen it 10 times i never get tired <laughs> looking at them you know it's because right. uh, they are so good the content hmm. is good i think sure. all boils down to content <laughs> yeah wonderful we are so delighted to have you here in the g today thank you so happy that we met and uh, thank you very very much for inviting me i enjoyed every moment of our discussion CXO with your host Supriya. I hope you enjoyed a dive into the nitty-gritty of customer experience. If you are committed to applying these ideas in the real world, stay tuned with me. Don't forget to check out all the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.